Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the OWL podcast. Today, we get a chance to talk to Susan McCloskey, who's been in the industry for over 20 years now. Hi, Susan, and thank you for joining. Hi, thank you for inviting me, Lindsay. I have known Susan for quite a few years, and she has a very um, diverse past and a long history in aviation. But I'm kind of curious, to start off with the first question is, how did you get started in aviation? Sure. Um, I think, well, I, I fell into it just like a lot of people in the aviation industry. I had just uh, graduated college with an art history and anthropology degree, working at a museum, making all of $8.25 an hour. Um, they had warned me I wouldn't make anything with my degree. <laughs> I just didn't think it'd be that little. So, uh, my roommate, he, uh, his dad was a pilot for jet aviation. And I was just kind of saying, I need, I need something else. I need to make some money. I need to get, um, some insurance and everything. And it, his dad was like, you should apply at Jet Aviation. You, you seem like you have a outgoing personality. And that's just kind of how it started. They hired me and taught me um, everything about customer service. And I just went from there. Uh, was doing customer service at FBOs, chartered at, at one time, dispatching, scheduling. It's 135, now I'm in 91. So. That's kind of how it went. So you, yeah, so you've really hit like all the different areas of aviation. Don't worry. And Jet Aviation, an awesome place to start. Yeah, they were a great company to work for. Very cool. Very cool. So had anything drawn you to aviation beforehand? Like, did you have any um, background in it? Or was, well... Once you got there, it was exciting. <laughs> it, it was it was eye opening, I guess I would say. Uh, my dad had been a pilot in the Navy for twenty four years, and then he was a flight instructor, a sim instructor for twenty six years for American Airlines. Um, and there was a point, yeah, it was, he had a very long career. Um, there was a, a point in my life where I wanted to be a pilot, uh, not just to be a pilot, but I wanted to travel. That was my thing. Like, how, what can I do that will allow me to travel? How can I get flight benefits? But I wasn't necessarily interested in flying the airplane. I just wanted to travel different places. Yeah. So, um, my, me and my dad had a big discussion about it, and he wanted to uh, go to the military uh, to get to learn how to fly an airplane. And I was, I was like, no, I, I could not. I mean, I just had some major ethical reasons of why I couldn't do it. Because I was like, well, what if they put me in a war? I could not kill somebody. This is not something I could do. Yeah. Um, yep. So I had kind of put that on the back burner. Um, and then when this came up, uh, you know, it, it was it just kind of solidified when I started working customer service and seeing what the pilot stood. And a lot of times they just sat in the FDOs and everything. Um, I realized that. It was not the travel lifestyle I was thinking that they did. So, right. Um, yeah. That kind of, I was like, I don't want to be a pilot. I'll just, 
I'll just keep doing the admin side of aviation. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I think that a lot of us think, oh, the pilot lifestyle, you get to travel all over and see all these cool places. But I think oftentimes you see the inside of the FBO where you get to yes. for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, it just depends on what you get. And yeah, it just, yeah. It, it lost it, you know, I don't know, sparkle. <laughs> you know, I put it to it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So, okay. So travel, travel is a big, it sounds like a big piece of your life. Uh, one of my questions was going to be, if you could live anywhere, where would you? I live everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. I want to hear about how you, um, you have a really unique lifestyle, and I would love if you could tell uh, more of us about that. Sure. Um, I'm lucky enough to work for a company that I've been working for them for about five years now. They're a 91 operation. And they, about two years into it, um, I kept mentioning like, hey, what would you think about me, you know, working remotely? How, how do you see this working out? Um, and even when I first started, I mentioned it and I had a couple um, bosses and everything. And then finally, it just, I think maybe I wore them down. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, <they're, laughs> they were like, okay, you're a good worker. We can rely on you and everything. Let's, let's go through all the... I had to go through my boss, I had to go through HR, I had to go through executives, I had to go through just about everybody to see if they would allow me to work remotely. Um, and they did, they they put me on like a probation period because my goal was to travel my whole life. It's, my goal has been to travel. And so uh, for the last say, three and a half years now, I think, um, I had been crisscrossing the U.S um in my my little van and living in different states for periods of time from a month to uh it was a month not a month a week to like three months at each place but since it's been covid uh i lived in oregon for like seven months and now i've been in florida for like four four or five months so a little bit longer uh just because there's the pandemic and it's not the best time to travel. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and you bring your kiddies with you too, right? I mean, it's like you bring your whole life with you to each of these locations. Yes. So everything I own fits into my van, uh, including my my cats. And they're, they're troopers. Definitely troopers. Um, yeah. So I got, when I started doing this, I got rid of everything pretty much that I owned all my furniture, everything. So, uh, I pack it all up and we just, just go wherever, wherever seems right. That's, that is so awesome. And I think there's, there's lots of people who want to do this and the, with the pandemic, a lot of us have gone remotely, but you've just taken it that one uh, before the pandemic, you took it that one step further and you just, and you moved around. I would guess, and I hope, um, people would find inspiration in what you do. And as soon as the traveling gets a little bit easier, I could see where more schedulers and dispatchers start doing this. Yeah, definitely. 
I think that it it worked. I know it worked for me because I'm super just dedicated to my job, and uh-huh. my company is on the West Coast. So no matter where I am in the country, I keep West Coast hours. So right now, okay, I work from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. because 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on the uh, in California is when the majority of the information comes on. Unless, uh-huh. of course, we are have flights at nighttime or in the morning and stuff. I'll adjust my schedule. But those are the main times I, I hear from the EAs. So okay. no matter, and I'm always available at my computer. It's not like I'm running around. Um, I take my breaks when the EAs take their breaks. Uh, so it's just, I think it's not, and I, so I do my exploring in the mornings, in the evenings, and on the weekends. Um, okay. I keep the solid hours where I'm, I'm in front of a computer. And that must help them feel um, really confident in, you know, you doing your job, you being available and, and uh, you know, for them not to ask you to come back to the office, I guess, he, as long as you're Def- uh, doing everything they need. Definitely. I, I mean, for the first couple years of doing it, no one even knew that I was not living in the state or at the hangar because I was at the hangar uh, with the maintenance guys and and that was it. You know, I'd see the pilots right before they left sometimes when they come back, uh, but I never saw anybody from the home office. No one ever saw me. No one ever came to the hangar. I was the only person that had an office there. So uh, it was always by email and phone anyway. So many of them, in, unless they heard it from somebody else, I, I didn't offer up the information that, I was, you know, three states away or something. Yeah. Yep. That is so cool. I think that I just really think that's really cool. And I, I think there's other people who might have thought about it in the back of their head, but maybe they hadn't, they just didn't know how to go through it or um, how to start it. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like it starts with a discussion with your boss, or perhaps I should back it up. It sounds like it starts with quality, good dedication to your work while you're there and then maybe talking to your boss and HR and um, and moving forward with it uh, hoping that it's going to be easier for more people to do it now since remote yeah, work I mean, is so important I would suggest it to anybody who has been wanting to do it it's, it's the best experience ever it's really, is yeah. there anything that maybe uh, what is there anything that's hard that maybe somebody should know about before they do this type of a lifestyle work remote thing that um, that maybe you don't like or that's been more difficult than others? I think the work has been about the same. Um, okay. I, you know, the loneliness sometimes. So when I first started doing this, I was traveling with my best friend and she was um, a traveling nurse. And so I would, we'd, we'd go to wherever she would get her job. And then she'd have probably between like three and five weeks in between jobs. Um, and then I would go and travel and go visit my friends and family and everything during that time or to a different location that I wanted to, to go to. And we came back uh, right at the start of the pandemic. She decided that she didn't want to do travel nursing anymore. So, okay. She went back up north and I've been doing it by myself since. And 
uh, not traveling with somebody is, especially during the pandemic where it's not easy to make friends has Uh been very emotionally difficult. I would say, um, that's how I found myself here in Florida because my other best friend lives here in Florida and I just wanted Uh to be around somebody that I knew that I could hang out with and be part of my bubble and everything. Um, uh-huh. because I had been in some places where I didn't know anybody during this time and it just made it yeah. very difficult because, you know, I'm kind of was isolated, very isolated. So that, that was the only thing is like, there are different, I, I don't know if I'd recommend starting it right now. Uh, maybe when the pandemic's mm-hmm. over and things are open, definitely do it then. Uh, but even like just trying to find food, um, on the road when, the pandemic first started are trying to get a hotel. And I think that that has been like probably the biggest struggle I've had since this started was, yeah, was just trying to navigate different cities and states and what is open and what wasn't open. And then not having the opportunity to make friends on the travel. Well, that totally makes sense. Yep. I could totally see that. Um, so how about, um, for, let's say let's kind of take it to separately, a separate note here. What about for people who maybe don't have any experience in aviation, similar sort of to you when you got into the industry, mm-hmm. do you have any suggestions to them if they were coming into this industry? Um, uh, maybe perhaps what, what they should learn or where they should go to learn it or. Definitely. I think. Personally, I think starting at the FBOs is an excellent way to start in aviation. Uh, You get to learn everything that's happening um, from the ground up. I I feel like kind of like more ground and then go up as you want and really see what you want to do. Because, I mean, you even get to see like maintenance and avionics and uh, the pilots. You get to meet pilots and line service, customer service. Then accounting, you get to just see what everybody does in this business. And then you get to learn, it's, you know, you know, it's just a completely different language. You get to learn the language there. You know what everyone's talking about. Um, you understand what the needs of the customers are, which later, if you want to become a scheduler or something, that's really important. Uh, I think like yeah. one of the things that one of, I, I worked at Millionaire for a couple years and their big thing was anticipate the customer's needs and coming into the scheduling that's been super helpful because I don't get all the information that I need for these flights but a lot of times I just anticipate what I need and I already have it ready so it's, it's yeah. there if they need it that's a super great advice anticipate what you need what they need and that can apply across, you're right, any of them, customer service, FBO, scheduling, dispatching with your pilots. That's a great suggestion. Very cool. Well, awesome. Um, I if, if anybody might want to reach out to Susan, um, feel free to reach out to me and I can get you in touch with her because she's a really great resource, resource if this is something you might um, think that you'd like to do and travel along with your remote working. And... Um, Well, great. Well, Susan, thank you so much for your time today. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I just also want to say too, if anyone's on the NBAA website, I am a mentor on the website and I'm looking for a mentee. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I would love, you know, just to be able to help someone and talk them through this industry. But the other thing is if you want to see my travels and everything, I'm on Instagram um, under Radiant and Blissful Journey. And it's just been documenting the process of all my travel throughout this time. I would highly suggest checking her out there. She has beautiful pictures. Definitely. And the mentor-mentee thing is hugely important. I think that's a great program that they have. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. I And yeah, I mean, because that's going to help you move your career forward a lot faster than just trying to, you know, dig it out on your own, especially during this pandemic when we can't get together and do these conferences in person. Definitely. And it's all about who you know in aviation. Right? It really really is. Network. I feel like I've got huge. Almost every single one of my jobs from someone who I've known, or they've recommended me, or they told me about a job. Mm -hmm. No, great advice as well. I agree. Meet as many people as possible. And make those connections. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, anything else, Susan? Uh, I think I did. Thank you so much for having me on. You're awesome. Well, thank you, Susan. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I love you. I've been wanting to do this interview for a long time because I just really admire what you do, and I think you're a really big inspiration. I, I love traveling as well, and uh, I think it's really important, really, to see and experience different location and people definitely and you should share your story story one time because you have traveled a lot <laughs> and with your family and your dogs and everything i love it so much <laughs> and your in-home stories is everything oh that's right oh my gosh yes yeah, someday yeah you can park your industry um, in my yard one time <laughs> that's right <laughs> that was awesome that was a great trip <laughs> yeah Man, we've had some we've had some fun times, Susan. But yeah, definitely sure has. Cool. Well, awesome. Thank you again very much for all your time. And if anyone wants to get in uh, touch with Susan again, like she said, her Instagram, check her out there, or you can reach out to me as well, and I can get you uh, stuff with her contact information. So, all right, Susan, you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Lindley. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. A drip, 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 a drip,